Right, let's sort the buyers from the spires, the needy from the greedy, and those who trust me from the ones who don't. Because if you can't see value here today, you're not up here shopping, you're up here shoplifting. <laughs> you see these goods, never seen daylight, moonlight, Israelite, fanny by the gaslight. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. This is episode 123, and today we're talking about lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. This is another great Guy Ritchie flick and stars Jason Fleming, Dexter Fletcher, Nick Moran, and last and certainly not least, the great Jason Statham in his film debut. I'm your host, Steve Michaels, and joining me is my very good and dear friend, Ken I want to feel the fiber of your fabric, Roni. Oi! There was a lot of that in this movie, wasn't there? Yep. A lot of a lot of oys. And also joining us is our other good and dear friend, Jeff, tighter than a duck's butt, Muncie. Hey, Steve. After watching this movie, I, I realized this this was really a public service announcement for um, for kids to really heed the warning and stay in school. Otherwise, um, you're destined to go down this dark and disturbing path of debauchery and um, and three-card Monty and whatever else um, lays in your future. And I learned a lot from this show, so I'm going to go back to school. Guys, our other good and dear friend, Mark, English mother do you speak it, Slover, is unable to be here tonight. He's got some uh, other pressing engagements, but he sends his regrets and regards uh, and should be here for uh, next week's show. As soon as we figure out what it is. So, anyway, guys, uh, here we are with another uh, great Guy Ritchie movie. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if this is his first one or not, but uh, it it was the, I almost said it was the prequel to Snatch, but it's not a prequel in the sense of... Um, that where Snatch was kind of a follow-up, but it was it was kind of in that same genre, that same feel. You got a lot of that whole Pulp Fiction kind of theme out of this movie, but I again, I still think far more entertaining and great writing. I'll be honest, guys, I am uh, after seeing these two. I saw this one a while ago. In fact, I think Jeff, this is when you loaned me uh, yeah. way, way back in the day, and. I, I saw this, I saw Snatch, love those two, and then with the uh, the two Sherlock Holmes movies that, excuse me, that, that Guy Ritchie put out, I'm really, I'm really kind of becoming a big fan of him, and I'm not, I'm not one of those guys where I'm like, I'm a fan of a director, but I, I'm now to the point where if Guy Ritchie puts out a movie, I'm going to go watch it. Well, yeah, I, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, Kim, by all means, you, you go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, you were correct, Steve, this is his first feature film, and it's a very, for for someone to have this be their first film, it's very impressive because again, it's well filmed, well directed. Uh, I thought the cinematography was very effective to create a whole mood. And, you know, and I agree with you that he's done a bunch of movies, and I've liked everything I've seen. He is gearing up to do a new movie, which will come out next year, which is a reboot of The Man from Uncle. Yes. And he's also doing, um, it's in pre-production, but it uh, looks like he's going to do a King Arthur movie, too. It better not be a remake of that. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, no, no. I'll, if it is, I'll just buy the airfare, go over there and take care of it. 
Well, I... <laughs> I'll hire some London hoodlums to put the kibosh on. Well, I'm sure Vinnie Jones would be happy to uh, assist you with that. Uh, you see, <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about this movie. Like I said, we talked about uh, Snatch. About, well, that sounds so bad, doesn't it? We talked about the movie Snatch. Always it always does, but whatever. Uh, I don't remember what episode that was. But anyway, it, we had a good time with that one. Wait, and Misty, check the spreadsheet. I should check the spreadsheet. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> But it was, uh, it, it's in that same, that same theme, that same type of genre where there's just, there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of stuff going on. You see things, you know, at, at, at what point in the movie and you're like, what the hell was that? And then it's like later in the movie. Oh, that's what that was. And cause I, the first scene that, that jumped out at me, cause I haven't seen this in a long time, but the one that jumped out at me is remember the scene after, uh, what's his name? Stops off at the at the. They go to the Samoan bar as they're walking in. There's, there's the guy. There's the guy on fire running to the out. Guy that's coming out the door. And they just like stop and look at him. The guy is like engulfed in flames. And then they go in, and you're just kind of like, "What the hell was that?" They watch the man walk by. They wait for him to get clear. They go through the door. Yep. Not not a word is spoken. And that's the kind of movie yeah. that it is. But hey, Steve, before yeah. we get too far, yes, should we do an introduction? Yes, by your uh, lovely wife. Absolutely. Uh, before we get too far, we're going to do that. And as a matter of fact, I just uh, was uh, about to stop myself because I, I I was getting on a roll, and um, and you know what happens when that when I when I get I, on a roll. I do know. That's yep. why I, I caught you. Yep. All right. Uh, okay, folks. Here is the uh, the Man Cave movie intro to this great and fantastic film. Watch Card Game in London triggers four friends, thugs, weed growers, hard gangsters, loan sharks, and debt collectors to collide with each other in a series of unexpected events. I asked you to give me a refreshing drink. I wasn't expecting a f***ing rainforest. You could fall in love with an orangutan in that. <laughs> if you want a beer, you go to the pub. I thought this was a pub. I thought this was, was a pub. It's a Samoan pub. <laughs> it, there is smart writing in this. Well, it, it is. They got humor at all different levels all oh through this. It it is, and and that's what I like about it because Guy Ritchie not only directed this, he wrote it. So this guy, I, I, I'm I'm sorry, the guy is a flipping genius because, and he I think he wrote Snatch too, if I'm not mistaken. And the clips that uh, that we're gonna play later, uh, folks, aren't even the really good ones, <laughs> because because some of them are just so long, and and and, the, and this is another one of those movies. Um, if you thought Snatch was hard to understand, wait till you watch this. There are parts of this movie that, uh, and I'm just gonna say right now, ladies and gentlemen, if if you listen to the show with your kids, I did the best I could of bleeping out. The profanity. However, I may I might have missed some because I, I, there are there are people that are talking. I'm like, not sure if that was a cuss word or not. <laughs> I'm not sure what he just said. And it's uh, well, you got that one scene. Remember the one scene where they're talking about you got the two guys talking at the bar. They actually put subtitles there. 
I know. Yeah. That's, that's how bad it got. <laughs> yeah. They actually put subtitles in the movie and you realize it goes back to, uh, Snatch and that, that scene when Dennis Farina's like, he goes, you guys invented the language, but you don't even speak it. <laughs> Cause there's so much slang. And I, I'm just curious, uh, to some of our, I know we've got some, uh, uh, our, our cousins across the pond listen to this show. I'm really curious. What, what part of London is that? Or what is that accent? Is it, I mean, I don't know if it's Cockney or it's an East end accent. East end. Okay. Is that, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, not living. Uh, over it's, it's, I think most people refer to it as Cockney, but I think they, I think it's referred to now as an East end accent. Okay. And, and seeing to me, it's like, you know, when you live in a, like living in America, I mean, we got accents all over the place, so we can pretty much tell where somebody's from. Whereas over there, I don't know. I mean, I, I know a guy here that lives in, uh, you know, in Westfield who is from England. As a matter of fact, I think he's from London. And I mean, he sounds, he doesn't sound anything like these guys. Nothing at all. I mean, just it, totally different. As a matter of fact, he almost, I always thought he almost sounded Australian at first, but anyway, it, it, it's that kind of movie. So you, you're going to have, you may have some trouble following it. Um, uh, I know my friend Eric, he would, he would probably be lost in the first five minutes of this movie because he has a real hard time with British accents. And I'm like, well, this is way out there. And there's just such a mix of it, which is really kind of a joy to watch. Remember the, then you have the two guys that are going to steal the shotguns. They almost sound like they're from Scotland. And well, they, they were, they're from up north. They're, they're northern England. Okay. They're, they're northerners. Okay. Okay. So okay, I I didn't pick that up. Is there's that what there's a you probably missed it, but there's a a point where when uh dang it, I can't remember the uh, Barry the Baptist. Yeah, Barry the Baptist. Yeah, Barry the Baptist hires them, and they they part ways. You know, they each are insulting each other with uh, under their breath. Right, One's talking about these these you know uppity Southerners, and then it's like you know these idiot Northerners. Okay, so, all right, that's it. Well, that's what, you know, you were talking earlier, Steve, about, um, this movie was the precursor to, to Snatch. Right. And this movie here, like you said, it is beyond impressive for what Guy Ritchie was able to do for his first time out. Um, and I think that this is sort of the younger brother to, to Snatch in the sense of Snatch is far more developed and mature i think i mean i think he took a lot of the elements and that he that he used to write and organize this movie by and then he just kind of perfected it in snatch because we all loved i think i know steve and i did ken did you yeah. like snatch i like snatch a lot yeah okay um the movie right the movie <laughs> <laughs> Oh my Do God. not drag me down. Hide <laughs> your kids. <laughs> I just want them. I have, I, I have a <laughs> reputation to maintain. Please do not drag me down to your level. Yes, that's, I, don't, I don't think that's possible. No, it's really not. But, you know, this, this movie, there, there are a lot of the same themes in it. You know, you, you have this menagerie of different groups that are all intertwined in some way. They don't know it at times because once events start rolling, groups are suddenly connected to it. And then just like in Snatch, in the end, it's this like crescendo of a mashup of all the groups yep. and someone always just walks away. And it's, it's just, it's brilliant. And, and that's what it goes back to the writing because this thing is literally like a big jigsaw puzzle. You, you start wondering 
how do all these people end up becoming intertwined? And, and it's like you said, Jeff, like in Snatch, it's, you know, at some point they all come together. It's like, I don't know when he wrote this thing, he must have had a flow chart <laughs> or something oh, that, yeah. that you had to, how do you do all this stuff and connect it together? And, and like I said, it, it's almost like those scenes that we talked about with the guy coming out of the bar on fire and there's no explanation at that time. They just kind of watch him walk out wondering like, okay, why is this guy in flames? And then they go in, they sit down, they have drinks and that's it. That's all you see. And then it's later in the movie. You find out why the guy was let that fire. You, you hear the story. You're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but at the time and stuff like that happens throughout this movie all the time. It's like, well, why did that happen? Who are these? And it's just, it's such a great movie. I, I just, I, I just love the hell out of it. And like I said, I'm to the point where I will watch anything that this man puts out because it's just, it's just fantastic writing. Like I said, he did the, the Sherlock Holmes movies and I've loved them both, uh, mainly because, and I don't know if he did the writing in those or not. I'm going to have to look, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if he did because he did. He did. Did, did he wrote, he write those two? Oh, wow. <laughs> What the heck was that? <laughs> what was that? You can cut it out, Steve. This, I just, my phone, that's the new sound for a severe thunderstorm watch issued <laughs> by the Weather Service. Oh, so we're getting some more weather tonight. Great. <laughs> yeah. Probably good to knock the internet connection down. Oh. Uh, I'm going to jump back in with an actual commentary. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. I'm getting my penny. Out of my pocket, <laughs> he said and I'm metal. sending it to one of you. Send, send it my way. I deserve it. it. More than me. No, I, I was sitting here after the movie, and I was going like, okay, how many groups and individuals were like interwoven in this? And by my count, there were five separate criminal gangs, and two or th- actually, I'll, I'll back that up, six separate criminal gangs, and two or three individuals who were like intermediaries between the gangs. And you got, you know, each gang is two to maybe half a dozen people. Right. So you got all these different characters, lots of characters, and they're all unique. They're all well-written. Uh, I, I just, uh, it, was, it was a joy to watch it all being interwoven and inter- all that interaction. And like you say, where's this going to end? I just don't know. Well, that's one of the strengths of this movie in Snatch is you have basically an ensemble cast and you never linger on any of them too terribly long. So it, it continues to stay fresh and, and it, eventually you're like, I want to get back to this group over here. I want to find out what they're doing because I know they're involved in this mix. So pretty soon you find out where they're at in the story and, you know, and it just, it keeps revolving back. And then as you get closer to the end, when you know, that we are, we are, we are going to have the, the crash of the groups together. You, just like in Snatch, it's this, it, it, the pace of the movie picks up and suddenly the frequency of you visiting each group increases and you, you know what's coming and you just can't wait. It's the same thing in, even though Guy Ritchie didn't do the movie, it, it feels very much like a Guy Ritchie. And I don't say it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie really, um, is, um, is Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces has far more of a, um, Guy Ritchie feel to me than a Quentin Tarantino feel. I think you're right, and I'm sure at some point we'll 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 talk about that movie. And I remember we talked about that um, when we were at Gen Con, and I 
I, honestly, I have to go watch again because honestly, I don't, really don't remember it. I don't know if I was in one of those weird frame of mind type days where I'm like, I don't really know what's going on here. So I have to go check it out again. But yeah, it's very much a movie like this yeah. where it it's not a mystery, but it's a suspenseful movie that there's just there's so many moving pieces. If you yeah. don't pay attention, you're gonna you're gonna miss something. Um, and with with Smoking Aces, it's the same thing. Now is Ryan is Ryan Reynolds in that one? Ryan Reynolds is in that one. Okay, maybe well, my favorite Ryan Reynolds role. Well, I'm gonna oh, have Ryan Reynolds is in Smoking Aces. Yeah, he's the main he character. One, he was one of the. Uh, he was the. Well, he was uh, one of the two FBI agents. Yeah. Oh, you're with, right. With I'm gonna have Leota. Leota. <clears throat> yeah, oh, you're you're right. Yeah, I'll have to get that because actually I can get Deb to sit and watch that with me because that's her. Uh, actually, there's not even special dispensation. I'm gone. I mean, I'm just. It's like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, if, you if for Deb. Yeah, for Deb. It's like oh, she's. I thought you meant for. I thought you meant for you. No, 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 no. No, it's not even special dispensation. If Ryan Reynolds is ever at the door, there's going to be suitcases, and it's going to be all my stuff in there, and I have to just leave. So, I mean, I know you're not threatened by it because he won't get laid either. Good point. Well, please, please don't get out. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Hey, honey. Hear what Jeff said? <laughs> you know what Jeff said? And she's going to say, how does he know this, Steve? <laughs> oh, she knows. Like, she oh, knows. Okay, all right. <laughs> she knows. But anyway, folks, for those of you out there who have not seen this movie, it, it really kind of centers around uh, these four guys. And, and one of them is like this great card player. And he's got all his buddies who have put all their money away and they're, and they're just kind of like putting, they're giving this guy like all their money to go play this high stakes $100,000 pound card game. And they're going up against, uh, Harry the Hatchet who runs a, a, a sex shop. And, uh, and Harry, and I'm sorry, Harry the Hatchet, Hatchet Harry. And that's played by, uh, PH Moriarty who, uh, I, I've seen it in several movies, but the one that really stands out is the uh, the Dune miniseries. He played Gurney Halleck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So if you ever if you ever see that and you want to know who Ph Moriarty is, that's Gurney Halleck. So, but anyway, he's, so, a, he's a very menacing presence in this movie. Uh, and I'm glad you said that because there was that scene when they're playing that card game, and plus he's cheating throughout this whole thing. He's got a guy with a video camera trying to see who's got what cards. But do you remember that scene when he finally got to the point where he had, oh shit, when he had Eddie kind of on the ropes where he was just kind of like the way the camera angle looked, the way the reflection was coming off his eyes, he almost looked demonic. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, it was really kind of creepy. It was, they, they use lighting in yes. this movie. It is, it is, it's probably just one of the, it's a great example. Probably I guess top five examples I can think of where lighting is used to incredible effect. You know, we talked about the hustler with the lighting in the movie and Ken, Mm -hmm. you opened up with, you know, the way that they filmed this movie and it's not just the way they filmed it. It's the lighting in the movie. Um, it's, it's, it is, it is directional and it's intentional the way that they have. And, and a lot of it is, is a lot of the faces are, are side lit. So the, the, the light is not usually above you. It shadows part of the face usually, um, usually one side of the face and the other side is, you know, lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, it is, it is great. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Right. Well, so, I mean, they're in this card game and, and 
um, you know, Eddie ends up losing because Eddie, Eddie is this, you know, great, fantastic card player. He just knows how to read people. It's kind of like that Casino Royale about, you know, how do you tell, you know, look at somebody's tell and, and figure it out. And what ends up happening is, is that, and I didn't quite understand that, but they were playing some weird kind of card game. It just seemed like, well, why didn't you just fold? Why do you have to stay in this thing? Um, you know, if you don't have the cards, you know, if you don't have the cards to beat him, just get out. But evidently he wasn't able to do that unless somebody loaned him the money. Well, Hatch and Harry said, well, I'll loan you the money. Well, it turns out he ends up beating Eddie and now Eddie owes him another half of a million pounds. Well, so- I, I, I think what was going on was he knew he had a decent hand, but not a great hand. And he thought he could bluff his way through. And Hatchet Harry, obviously, since he was cheating, Hatchet Harry knew what he had and knew he could, had just enough to beat him. He shouldn't have. So Hatchet Hatch Harry just played a mind game on him. Right. I mean, that's what I took away from it. Okay. Maybe that was it. I he just psyched thought he, him out. I mean, the guy should have pulled, but he just psyched out because he thought he could do it. Right. So basically now they're in the hole for a half a million and it's not just him, but because he used borrowed money, from his friends, they're all in on it too. So then well, the whole. And did they also then, drag in the one guy's dad's bar? Yeah. Too? Who did oh, you guys know? Did you guys notice who that was? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That I I was. Roxanne. Yes, it was Sting. Yes. Sting actually did a good job in the show. He really Sting did. Has been a solid actor in the things he's been in. Well, except for the original Dune. But. Well. Well, I mean, that, that, that was a travesty of the movie, not necessarily him. Yeah, it's actually not him. Everybody sucked in that movie. <laughs> That's true. But, yeah, so, that, I mean, that was the whole thing. So now they got a week to come up with a half a million pounds, and now that's where you start seeing everything start coming together, of where all these different disparate groups start showing up. And that, that's the part of the movie where I'm like, this is a story about a lot of dumbasses in close proximity. <laughs> because, okay, let me, you know, as smart as this guy is, he should have said, wait a minute. I am, be- I am, I, the, the ante is up here. And the guy that I think is going to lose a lot of money to me is willing to loan me a bunch more money. So he's wanting to give me a bunch of extra money. Something's not right here. Maybe no, I you should- don't see that. Yeah, I've watched a whole lot of high stakes card game movie scenes. Nobody ever offers to loan their opponent money. Yeah. Nobody, right? Yeah. And That's- if they do, maybe maybe in. you shouldn't. Right. Maybe yeah. you just shouldn't. This, well, but that's the part I'm like, you know what? He sort of deserves the situation that he's in right now. My sympathy has kind of been lost for him. Yeah, especially considering you know the type of person that you're playing against. Right. Because yeah, he may lose the game. It's not like he's going to be hurting for money, you know, because, you know, the guy's obviously, you know, making big bucks with his, um, you know, with his porn shop. Right. But it's very lucrative. It's well, very that's lucrative. Just his front. I mean, yeah. obviously, this guy's got his fingers in all sorts of pies. Right, right. But that but was. I think that that business is very lucrative. Yeah. I, I'm guessing it is. If anything, you could buy one of his sex toys and use it as a weapon, <laughs> as he did several times. You know, that, was a that brutal, brutal scene. I'm thinking that has got to be, you know, I, I'm thinking there's some bad ways to die. But death by dildo, <laughs> you're right, Steve. I was going to say being 
beat to death with a big rubber dildo has really got to be one of the really bad ways to go out. But uh, I digress. Um, <laughs> no, no. We're ranked here where the show is. <laughs> we are? Yes, that's right. Yes, um, we are. Uh, real quick, let's just move on to some of the actors in this. Uh, the one guy who's got the first billing in uh, the uh, IMDb is uh, Jason Fleming. And, guys, we've seen him before. Actually, we've seen him in two movies that we reviewed. I don't know if we've said it. A lot of these people were in Snatch. Yes. Well, he was. And he was in Snatch, and he was also in... Did you see? Did you notice the other one he was in that we reviewed? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He was an Ironclad. He was an Ironclad? Yeah, he was the guy that kept having the uh, the, the nasty sex with the uh, the one uh, woman in the... Th- Remember that after the one main battle, he walks in there, he's oh, like, he's yes. like covered in blood with brains in his hair and all that stuff. Yes. Next thing you know, he's, you know he's, he's got the serving wench on the table. I'm thinking, wow, okay, I guess anytime he's in the mood all the time, so... <laughs> No, he was he was in uh, Rob Roy also, but not a major. He was Gregor in, in uh, Rob Roy. Oh, you know, I didn't even see that. I didn't even go down no. that far. Holy cow! Yeah, and also I think you know I I don't know who else has seen it, but I think a lot of our listeners may have seen the League of Extraordinary Gen- Gentlemen. Yeah, and he's the actor that played uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in that movie. Okay, God, you know, I'm scrolling down. This guy's been in a ton of movies. Yes, he has. Holy well, not God. only has he a couple been movies in a, ton a year, of movies, but he is he is scheduled for the next two years to be in about eight different productions coming out. I mean, this guy's star is apparently still rising. Wow, wow! I you know I didn't even go down that far. I just like I saw the others and I didn't. Wow! So he's been yeah. in, this guy. Is he's been getting in, busier as he gets older. Yeah. yeah, he's not that old. He's only uh, he's a year behind me. My God, he's born. He was on my. He's, a, he's exactly a year older than me. He was born on September 25th, 1966. So there you go. Ancient. Oh, man, guy looks like guy looks like hell, just like I do. Holy cow. Um, a lot of drinking. A lot of bourbon. Yep. A lot of cheap, cheap, cheap beer, my friend. That's right. Well, hey, that's changing tonight, gentlemen. I've got a great um, one, but we'll get oh, there. Oh, thank God. Uh, then you have Dexter Fletcher, who played Soap. And... <laughs> Great name. Well, the funny part was is that when they um, when they kept calling him Soap, I thought they were calling him Soup, and Soap just was the Cockney accent thing. So obviously, I was heard, hearing it right the first time. But man, you you ought to see the pictures of him on his uh, IMD, <clears throat> IMDb page because there's a couple there. I'm like, what is going on with your hair, dude? <laughs> he has yes, <laughs> very distinctive hair. Yeah. I mean, but as uh, as our as our dear friend uh, Marcus Aurelius Sloverus wanted us to point out, is he also had a very prominent role in the epic, fantastic series Band of Brothers. Who was he in there? I'm trying to Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, maybe I haven't gotten to that part yet. Or something. he was uh, Sergeant. Oh Mark. yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. I remember uh, now. Sergeant Martin and. Um, he was in almost all the episodes. Yeah. Okay. Don't take that as a spoiler, but it's just that's just all I said. But he was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, and, and had a great role in that in that series. But yeah, you're right. His hair is epic. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, anyway, uh, the one other guy is Nick Moran. Uh, he played Eddie. He was the uh, he was the big card shark. 
I mean, he was, well, it looks like he's in a couple of Harry Potter movies that I don't remember him in. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> then Jason Statham, this is his first movie. This is his film debut. And it's, it's interesting to see him in this because, uh, I mean, he looks, he looks like he looks now, except really, really thin. Yeah. I mean, he is, uh, he has definitely been hitting the, uh, the weight room, uh, substantially, uh, since, uh, that time because man, oh man, is he, it, it's almost because he's not like that typical badass type of guy in this movie. He's just, you know, he's just one of the guys. So yeah, he gets a lot of screen time, but it's not like he's dominating the movie. He's just, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get top billing because he doesn't deserve it in this movie, but he doesn't no. get job. Yeah, he, this is what, I mean, of course, his connection with Guy Ritchie, apparently Guy Ritchie really liked him, brought him in Snatch. And then what really launched, I mean, you know, you got to remember, this is 98, so Snatch was in 2000. Then 2002, what propelled Datum to stardom was uh, the Transporter series. Right, right. From, from there, I mean, he just exploded onto the scene. And he's done, he's done about three or four things with Guy Ritchie. He did Revolver with him, too. Was that Guy Ritchie? Yep. I'm going to have to go back and try that. I, I started like zoning out throughout that one. Well, that one's, that one's I, I've never seen it, but all I can say is, you know, when you look at the ratings for Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, you know, they're in the eights. Yeah. High to, or low to mid eights, right? Revolver's getting low sixes as far as yeah. reviews. So there, there's, Steve, there's, there's something there that not only you are not picking up, but apparently a lot of other people. Okay. So it's not just me. Um, and, but I've never seen it, so I don't know anything about it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if we were ever going to do another tribute show, I would do one with Jason Statham. I mean, it seems kind of early in his career. I, I, w- I would do one because there's, he's done quite a few movies. In fact, the, the one that I watched that I was really impressed with is called Redemption. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. It's, it is an action kind of movie i should say um i mean there's action involved but it's on a much more serious note it's not it's not the transporter or expendable type of thing it's really good i highly recommend as a matter of fact that would be one i wouldn't mind doing at some point down the road it is a much more serious state the movie um and and you can really see where this guy has got some serious acting chops because uh and I really think you saw it in this. I mean, I think that opening scene where it comes in, where he's on the, on the, you know, doing the street vendor thing. Yeah. Which, you know, it's funny. It wasn't until I read the trivia. I'm like, boy, he, he's really doing that pretty well. And then you realize, yeah, he used to do that <laughs> before he became an actor. He actually was a street vendor. So I don't know if he was an illegal street vendor, but <laughs> he was, he was a street vendor. But, uh, I mean, I've got nothing but, uh, uh, admiration for this guy because he is really you know cranked out some good movies he just, he just seems like a decent guy the guy could be a total tool for all i know but i just think well, he just looks cool he he just seems like a great guy that you could sit down and have a pint with we would know by now if he was an asshole i mean we would just know we would have the heard through would hollywood be out. it what? would be hugely out i mean you know in, in along the lines of some of the, some of the you know famous asshole actors but one thing I want to say is I just realized this, this may have officially, we we'll have to check the uh, spreadsheet, but this may now be 
the Jason Statham podcast, I think we may have done four movies with Jason Statham in it. Have we done an Expendables? Yes. Then it we've got four Statham movies that we've done now. Well, I'm gonna have to look Does, because I I mean I think Arnold's still holding the uh is he hold, is he still holding? Uh, it? I gotta okay. think Arnold's Maybe. holding the ticket. I mean, we did, well, you had Arnold, you had Conan, you had, we well, had Conan, you had, we did, we did Predator, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we, we did, did Predator. Yeah, we oh, did yeah. that. The Total Recall. Oh yeah, it is, it is the Arnold podcast though. Oh, gosh, what else? He, did, he, he most recently did one with uh, him, uh, and, uh, Johnny Knoxville. What was that movie? Uh, um, oh, the Last Dance. Oh, Last Dance. Last so Dan. there's, there's four. I know there's got to be at least another one out there that we've done. I've got. Well, gonna, if you did the Expendables, technically he was in the Expendables for about three minutes. Well, there you go. I mean, he's, there I think it. Arnold's, it, you know, it's going to be hard to topple Arnold. I mean, I think. Oh, we could, we did, you know what? We also did Commando. Yeah. There you go. There's Command. Boom. <laughs> you're right. It is the, still the Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. <laughs> yes. Damn. We got to get that beat. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, last guy I just want to, uh, give a shout out to is, uh, Vinnie Jones. And this, <laughs> this, I, I'll tell you what, this guy has and this, serious screen presence, doesn't he? He has some serious screen presence. And I'm just going to say, you know, this, there's, there's two guys here that this was their, their, Film debuts and Vinnie Jones was the second one. The first one uh, was Statham, and this was Vinnie Jones. And I, I mean, I, I'm really just kind of blown away about how how good of an actor he is in terms of just the persona. That, I mean, he's always playing the same persona. Don't get me wrong, but my God, the guy just has this screen presence. He doesn't look like you know a fish out of water. Especially for the first movie that he's in, I—I I mean, you would have thought this dude was a veteran actor. Yeah, and his character is such a fun character to watch yes. as he maneuvers through everything. Because technically, I mean, technically, he's one of Hatchet Harry's guys, but he—I see him in this as a sort of a—he's—he's he's an independent contractor. He's doing yes. his work, but he, you know, almost alone amongst everybody. This is a guy, you know. He, you always like when you see the, the character. He has his code. He has his his word as his bond. He's as dirty as anybody else. I mean, he's a down and out criminal, but you got to respect the guy. You know what? To show you how much this guy, how cool this guy is, he is in eleven productions coming out in the next two years. Right. 11. This dude is in demand. And he's not young anymore. No, he yeah. is. Well, let's see. He was born uh, January 5th, 65. So um, I mean, I'm going to be 47. So this guy's pushing 50. 50. Years old. Yeah, so he's pushing 50. So yeah, almost 50. Yeah. Well, he'll be 50. Uh, he'll be 50 in uh, next um, on January 5th this year. So there you go. And, you know, the guy is just a. Uh, now, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard much about him, but I mean, I'd, I'd be afraid to piss this guy off. <laughs> oh, there's some great stories out there about, yes. um, when he was doing Snatch, something about, I mean, he, um, well, he, he got locked up for a couple of days, um, cause he got into a thing of fighting a bar. Yeah. Well, there's a piece of trivia here that we'll get to later, but, uh, oh, it, about it, his English football days. Well, no, it's, it's actually very similar to the Snatch story. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that part too, but, um, actually, I, when I was looking at this, I realized the very first movie I ever saw him in, and that movie was called Eurotrip. 
Oh yeah. You're a <laughs> he <laughs> it's was a funny little movie. Oh my God. I love that movie. And if there's, and I'm just going to say this out there for the guys. If there's one reason to watch the movie Eurotrip, her name is Kristen Krayuk. That's it. Enough said. Go watch the movie. And Eurotrip's got some good games. And, and you can thank me later. Right. Well, yeah, right? Beca- yeah, because there's that scene where those two kids walk it. They walk into that pub, and it's like a soccer club pub. <laughs> oh my that that would actually be honestly that'd be a movie i would love to do because it's freaking hysterical it's it's kind of like animal it, no, i shouldn't say animal house it's kind of like um a combination between uh national lampoon's vacation and i'm trying to think what like or, or, or like almost like animal house and and, and planes trains and automobiles it, it you lump those three together that's what euro trip is it is hysterical, and that was. I'm, I'm get, I'll, I can do it. Oh gosh, it's it's funny as hell. And hey, um, we, I, I do have to jump in though before we cut off Benny Jones. Yeah, his character is Big Chris. Yes, and pretty much all through the movie, it's not just Big Chris; it's Big Chris and Little Chris, because Big Chris is, takes his son with him everywhere he goes to <laughs> teach him the business. His son's what ten. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. And that kid. <laughs> I love how he's trying I love how he's trying to bring the kid up into his business, but when the kid swears, he yells at him. <laughs> Oi! Don't be talking Oi. like that. <laughs> oh, Technically, Big Chris doesn't curse that much in the movie. He's no, he doesn't. You know, no, I don't he's, he's, he just he's a plain spoken guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Pretty much. Guys, what do you think? Favorite scenes. Um, favorite I, scenes. Go ahead, Ken. If you've got some, go ahead. There's just there's just so many. Uh, there is a lot of great. We get a lot of well written, a lot of good scenes. I'll throw out a few I liked. The whole, I mean, it was quick and over with quick. But the 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 big fight scene when two gangs squared off, just because of the way it went down, I thought that was good. The very close of the movie. You can't call it a cliffhanger ending. It's more of a bridge hanger ending, but it's, <laughs> it, it was a good ending for this movie because it didn't wrap things up. Almost made you think there was going to be a sequel, didn't there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, they, they could have if they wanted to. Oh, man. There's so many. Let me, if you don't mind, Jeff, let me throw one out. You go ahead. You go ahead. I'm just trying to narrow it down because okay. I don't want to go through the entire freaking movie. Right. The, there is one specific scene that I, I just howl about because it's you you see her you see her twice in the movie. I think she's the only <laughs> the, the only female, <laughs> the only female that role. That was the one I was gonna say. Yeah, there there's a scene when the when dog and and folks, if you've never seen this movie, don't worry about it. But there's a scene where these guys come and they bust this they bust these other guys who are growing ganja because. They're, they're going to go steal all their money and take all their dope. The ganja Steve. guys are sort of like, they're laid back yeah. sort of college ki- college kids, I would yeah. say. And they're getting hit by Diamond Dogs game, which are one of the badder, meaner gangs in this movie. Right. And these guys take no prisoners Ruthless. type of thing. So there's a scene they go up there. And, and I love the fact that there's a guy that's carting around a freaking Bren gun. 
I mean, that that's just classic. So they What's go that? up. Wait a minute, Steve. It's a fucking anti-aircraft gun. <laughs> that one really could probably qualify too. So anyway, at this at this one point, you see that in, in this one scene, this one guy's got this girlfriend who's just constantly wasted. So anyway, she basically, you see her, they they bring her in at one point, she plops on the couch, never moves. And every time they show a scene, she's on the couch and just, she's like zoned out. Well, when the, when the pothouse gets busted by this bad gang, you know, they go up, they got everybody carted upstairs. And the, the thing of it is, she's laying on the couch, but her clothing matches the, <laughs> it matches the couch. So you really don't see her there. <laughs> The first time you watch it. That actually movie. happened twice in the movie. The one guy tried to sit on her. Yeah. So she's laying on her because her clothes literally match the pattern of the couch, so you don't even realize there's a person sitting there. Well, at this one point, the guy, the one guy actually, like, puts the bread gun down, and they've got everybody standing there. Well, oh, let's just kill him. Next thing you know, she stands up, picks up the bread gun, and just starts going, bam, 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 just starts blowing <laughs> Just to shoot the whole place up. And next but what's scene, best about that, Steve? The best part about that, Steve, is they sh- they they slow it down yeah. like half speed. Yeah, and it's just chung, like chung, 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 chung. <laughs> and the brass is flying. And then the best part, she doesn't. I think she killed one person, maybe. And she killed the guy that brought the Bren gun. Oh, she killed the guy that brought the Bren gun. And then yeah. she runs out of ammo and she stay and then she drops the gun and she's still like completely zoned out. And then dog gets up and he goes, where the f- did she come from? <laughs> it's just, it's just, destroyed that apartment. It's just yeah, they've been in that room for like two minutes. <laughs> and they're, and then the whole, the best part is, is as they're walking around, if you're paying attention, you could see her because all you see is a face. Because literally her, 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 her clothing is camouflaged perfectly with the, with the, uh, couch. Yeah. And it's just the look on everybody's face was just like pure shock. Where did she come from? And then they just hit her, knock her out. But anyway, that's, that is my favorite scene because to be honest with you, I forgot she was there. It wasn't until all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell is that coming out of the couch? And I'm like, Oh shit, it's Gloria. <laughs> I had even forgot she was there. Oh, it, it's like that. Oh, well, no, you guys never saw that movie, so never mind. But anyway, that that is my favorite one. So it, I'm moving on. All right, I think I've got mine. My my favorite, I guess my favorite scene involves a prop in the movie, and it's pretty much from the time that we're introduced to the prop till we're that we're we're done with the prop, and it's the big blue van. Oh. Because <laughs> the, the big blue van is is basically what is going to be the is is what has come to it is being used to you know. Take off the main heist, but then you know the heist van is 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 stolen and and is being used as a heist van by somebody else. And inside they find a poor man who is just doing his job. (laughs) There's the scene. They find the the traffic cop's hat, and they're just like, um. What you know, why is this here? And then they find, you know, the person that it belongs to they began to pummel this guy that had been knocked out earlier by a different group, you know, pummeled him back out again. It's just I was like, who thinks of this shit? Well, it was it was reminiscent of an old movie I like, which is high risk. Yes. In yes. the scene, yeah. it's like, well, knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> Jason okay. Statham rears back, wham! Oh, 
<laughs> I risk Which is real. I, I mean, you can't just knock. I mean, well, yes, you can just knock people out, but if you just go hitting people, you're not going to guarantee knock them cold like most no. movies do. You're yeah, just going to create a lot of pain. One of the best tropes ever in a movie is you just think you can walk up behind somebody, hit them somewhere in the back of the neck area, and, and, they, and they just go limp, right? No, that's just not how it works. But <laughs> first time I saw that was high risk, which I recommend. <clears throat> All right, well, we're done with that. So I want to want to move on to some of the trivia, real quick, guys, because uh, there's some good stuff here. And uh, let's see the scene where Nick the Greek breaks the glass, and like I said, we didn't even we've only touched on maybe like. A quarter of the characters in this movie, folks. So yes. if you start, if you start hearing names, you're like, who the hell's that? You go watch the movie because we don't, we're not trying to, we're talking around this one because if you've not seen it. Yeah. We, it's not like they deserve a short shrift. They're all good characters. They move the movie along. Right. Exactly. So, um, we're not trying to give stuff away here, but <clears throat> all right. The scene where Nick the Greek breaks the glass in the coffee table was not in the original script. It was, in fact, an accident that happened during filming and was written in by Guy Ritchie as an afterthought. He drops that, he drops that glass from a foot up. <laughs> I think it might have slipped out of his hand. <clears throat> it looked like he just dropped it. Yep. <laughs> Crash. Uh, as we said, this was uh, Statham and Vinnie Jones, uh, Jason Statham and Vinnie Jones' uh, film debut. So uh, let's see. Oh, here you go. On Vinnie Jones' first day of filming, he had just been released from police custody. He had been arrested for beating up his neighbor. <laughs> are, are you kidding me? I, it's, hey, you know what? I'm just, I'm reading what the IMDB trivia page is giving me here. I'm, I'm not making it up. <clears throat> Let's see. Jason Statham has in real life worked as a street vendor, which is similar to the character he plays in the opening part of the movie, which I absolutely love that opening part. Oh, and just so you know, folks, you will hear like narration in this movie when they're like introducing certain characters and stuff. And you're going to go, God, that guy's voice is familiar. You'll recognize him. It's Bricktop. Yep. And actually he shows up in the movie at some point. This a, a little, he has a little bit part. He's one of, uh, his, um, Eddie's dad's associates. Right, right. Uh, let's see. This movie was dedicated to Lenny McLean, who played Barry the Baptist. He died of cancer exactly one month before the movie's debut in England. And it's kind of sad because they, um, uh, they said that Lenny McLean, Lenny McLean was ill during filming with what he believed was the flu. And after filming, uh, had ended, he was hospitalized, initially told that he had pleurisy, but the test revealed that he had lung cancer, which had metastasized to his brain, which is a shame. And you know, when you hear that guy's voice, you're like, dude, man, that guy, does that guy sound like that? Because he sounded sick. Which guy? Yes. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, the, he looked tired and he, yeah, he wasn't oh, looking the, bouncy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you should have remembered him. Uh, he, um, he, he was the thug, right? For Harry. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Harry's henchman. Yeah. Harry's henchman. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it, basically, if you were standing next to him, he would say he would make you his mini-me. This, this is true. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, Lenny, Lenny McLean was a famous bare-knuckle boxer before he became an actor. So there you go. Uh, let's see. When Nick the Greek and Tom are haggling over the price of a stereo, Nick says, all right, all right, keep your Allens on. 
<laughs> the Allens in question is Cockney rhyming slang short for Alan Wicker. Alan Wicker equal e- Alan Wicker equals knickers. Uh, if some of our British cousins from across the pond can uh, tell us what the hell that means, I'd appreciate it. Boy, doesn't sound doesn't sound good. No, doesn't. Uh, and this is another one. I wrote this in my notes, and then I saw the trivia and went ding. Uh, the music that plays before Hatchet Harry shoots Gary with the anti... Oh, shit. I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, there's actually... Well, what the hell. Hatchet Harry shoots Gary with the antique shotgun is from a few dollars more. No kidding. When they started playing that, I was like, holy shit, that's from the few dollars more. I remember that. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crap. That's... That, what a great homage. And I, that's why I said, I, Guy Ritchie... Uh, I, I think the biggest criticism I could have of Guy Ritchie is, why the hell did you marry Madonna? But anyway. Because he's just a material boy. Well, there, there's probably that, too. Uh, the F-bomb is dropped 125 times. And I have to actually go back. I think we talked about it before. I think Goodfellas is still the uh, is still holding the record. I think they're on the top podium right now with that one. But you would think that this movie, it seems like that word is being dropped constantly. I mean, you would have thought that this was like 300 times, but it's not. It's actually, I think, compared to some of the other movies we got, it's not even in the, uh, it's not even in the ballpark. So, uh, let's see. The ending to the film was altered sometime after filming had been completed, which is why Tom is wearing a woolen cap pulled low. The actor had grown his hair in the intervening period and did not want to shave it short again. Well, there you go. Uh, body count, 16. Here's the thing. That's a perceived body count. Because you, one thing about this show, you don't yeah. really see too many people die. Yeah, you see it's some implied. aftermath. You see, yeah, you see the aftermath, right? But this is not a gory, violent movie in the sense of, you know, people, you know, being shown to be shot. It's just, it's kind of off screen. Yeah, you see the aftermath. For the most part. Except when uh what uh Big Chris does to the uh oh. the <laughs> Well you don't even really see that too much. Do you don't no it doesn't this is not a gory yeah. movie, but it's no. like you can tell, okay, this, there's some brutality going on here. Um and speaking of which, Ken, thank you for that, but uh Chris Big Chris is lying to dog as he slams his head in the car door, because you really can't understand what uh Vinnie Jones is saying is Never ever in my life has anyone been as f***ing rude to me as you, dog. You f***ing bastard. Nobody, yeah, usually you don't have people in movies just saying, boy, you're rude to me. I would be terrified to think that Vinnie Jones would be angry at me. I would need a a Bren gun. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a thing to sort of tie in with... uh, Jeff was pointing out is, you know, I, I said this had a bridge hanger ending, but they don't, they, they have all this stuff going on. All these different groups come together and clashing and conflicting. And they, they show you what's happening to a lot of people, but there's some that they sort of leave them out there hanging. They don't show you what they're up to. Right. Uh, you just assume, okay, maybe those guys got away or that guy made it out. Okay. But you're not sure. He he could have. You know, they could have ended up had a bad fate before it was all done. Exactly. Yeah. There is. All right, uh, guys. We're done with trivia, so I think it is now time to move on to uh, brother. What you drinking? 
I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Jeff, uh, let's start with you. Since uh, Herr Klopek isn't here, I would have uh, normally started with him because he would have probably had go. some <clears throat> he would have had some fine Kentucky uh, vintage uh, to share with us. But uh, you're up, dude. Well, thank you, Steve. Tonight, um, you know, it's a school night, and um, and I've been under the weather lately. But I wanted to uh, highlight a, a drink of mine that uh, is uh, I just find to be just one of the best drinks in the world. It's a drink that it just gives me great pleasure every time I put it to my lips and drink it down. You know, this drink is, uh, it's, it, some may say it's, uh, it's the nectar of the gods. And, um, you know, um, it, um, it, it's gone through a lot of changes over the year and ingredients, but, you know, one of the, one of the originals, uh, ingredients of this, of this great and fantastic drink. Um, you know, Steve, I think you might have quoted it best this weekend when you said, um, um, you must have an efficient digestive system. <laughs> because this drink's first main ingredient ever was prunes. And, um, what? and, and we all know, we all know what prunes, um, you know, you know, do do, do do. They, uh, they, as, as Steve Michaels best summed up this weekend with Ken Roney, um, referring to his, um, effective, digestive system um that um that active ingredient was one of the or i should say that it was one of the first um main ingredients um in in the in the now 23 famous flavors of dr pepper you have failed me for the last time <laughs> oh, that, that. That was quite a buildup. Doctor Pepper is a that, fun drink. I mean, that, it hits the spot when the mood strikes. I'm you. telling you, those twenty-three flavors, those well-balanced flavors, just you know, just seeing the sign sometimes just perks me up. But it's just Doctor Pepper. It's like Doctor Pepper and vodka, <laughs> Doctor Pepper and Stoli. It's or or you know, no, no, just just straight Doctor Pepper. Not even not even some rum chata in there. Just okay. just Doctor. That would be truly disgusting. It may <laughs> see Doctor now I, I like Dr. Pepper with a little bit of rum. You know what? That's a good choice. No, rum was rum thing. Rum chata, no. Yeah. But it's um, like pouring a glass of milk in a Dr. Pepper. Ugh. Right, right. I I've I've had my share of flaming Dr. Peppers before. You know, you take a, a shot of whiskey and or Everclear and set it on fire and drop it in a Coke glass and shoot it. It's it's good. I just want to say the, the level of failure. <laughs> I've, I have now set that bar Man. so incredibly low. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you know, you some know, people drink coffee. I drink, I drink Dr. Pepper, give me my caffeine you know, buzz. And, and I, I thought, you know, tonight's a, you know, school night's very appropriate to keep it, uh, keep it light and keep it right. You know, there was, uh, the, I remember the day I brought an old style and I, <laughs> you know what? I, and you know what? Here's the thing. Dr. Pepper is um is probably more potent than some of the beers that you had for the summer shitty beers. I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so now that we know what uh, Jeff is um, <laughs> not drinking, uh, not drinking, uh, it's my turn, and I am uh, proud to showcase this one. And I have to give uh, some thanks to my uh, good and dear friend Eric, um, and uh, actually, and by extension, his father-in-law, who uh, picked up a bunch of these beers. Uh, for him and Eric is not a very uh, uh, much into the the dark beers, um, 
but he gave me some of these that his uh, dad picked up in, uh, I think, in uh, Virginia. I believe it is. Anyway, uh, this one here I'm drinking. It's a bourbon barrel porter. It's a porter aged in oak barrels. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Porter aged in oak bourbon barrels. It's by the Aleworks Brewing Company. And they are out of... Uh, it's uh, it's one of those big ones. It's Oh, I'm sorry. It is brewed and bottled by Williamsburg Ale Works in Williamsburg, Virginia. So there you go, folks. It's uh, it's good stuff. I I like it. It was, um, you know, to be honest, I'm trying to remember if I've even had a bourbon uh, porter before, and I'm sure I have. This one was really good. I was... Uh, uh, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. Uh, I, I finished it off some time ago. I don't know if it's uh, kicking in yet. But um, it's 1.6 fluid ounces, so it's a big bottle. Uh, but really good. Uh, uh, very light on the hops. Uh, not much in the way of hops on this one. But, um, yeah, if you're out in Virginia, because, I mean, I don't think you can get it here. I don't even know if cons would carry this one. But, um, anyway, it... Uh, <clears throat> It's uh, it is a potent beer. Just saying. And uh, we got I'm an starting eight- to see more and more of the bourbon <laughs> porters. I saw one at the uh, scary liquor store the other day, and about bought it when I reached up, saw it was a four pack for like eighteen bucks. And I said, you know what, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 I well, you know what, it's what the market will bear, and I, I have to start wondering. It's either. They're going for people who don't drink like I do, uh, because obviously I'd be in the poorhouse if I was paying 18 bucks for a four-pack, unless that four-pack was doing what a keg would do. But anyway, um, <laughs> this one, this one here, folks, comes in with an ABV of, wait for it, 9.0% alcohol by volume. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Most impressive. It was. I mean, that 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 one kind of <clears throat> that one kind of sets me back a little bit, but uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I I've never heard of it before. I've never heard of this particular brewery. I'm assuming it's you know just a local guy, or I'm sorry, local guy, local joint. Uh, but good stuff. And I uh, uh, thank you, uh, Eric, and um, um, the father-in-law for. Uh, getting that because i enjoyed the hell out of it trust me so anyway that's what i'm having um actually i'm having that and i'm making up for jeff yes you are yes i am so without further ado it's now time for catching up with ken Well, this should be interesting. Well, I've, for the most part, since the last podcast, I've kept my nose to the grindstone, working away, doing my duties, uh, trying to, you know, take care of my life and fitness and all that stuff. But there was a major interregnum last weekend, uh, which I'm not going to just, I'll just skim over it. We've referred to it, uh, and pictures are on our website and such, but uh, the whole gang went down to Gen Con, the big gaming, science fiction, cosplay, and all sorts of other stuff convention here in Indianapolis. 
and hung out there for most of the time. I was down there Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Uh, had a great time, lots of interesting things to see and do. Had some good games with the guys. Uh, saw some interesting merchandise. Lots of cool costume characters, which is kind of cool to see. Uh, we hit a number of local bars and restaurants. Uh, highlights, if I left anything out, went to Granite City. Uh, went to Ram Brewery. Uh, where else did we go? I'm trying to think. A brew burger. Brew burger yeah, is correct, yeah. yes. And also much drinking was had in the uh, Tower of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly by Steve. Uh, Most, Steve drank enough for the entire Tower of Doom, all At, 27 floors of it. Yes, it, it makes for an interesting game. Hey, um, you know what? when he passes out in his chair... Why we don't get the Sharpie out and start coloring in his ear, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's because I don't so, pass out in my chair. Well, so, I mean, I, if you guys want to throw in any other commentary about that weekend, go. this is your moment, because I'm, I'm deferring a slight section of my time for this purpose. <laughs> you yield the rest of your time, Senator? <laughs> Just a part of the time. Okay. Well, uh, folks, I mean, as you saw some of the, the pictures that we shared on the uh, the Facebook page, I mean, you know, great fun was had by all. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I will admit I did imbibe more than my uh, compatriots. However, I am proud to say that Jeff didn't have to read my uh, Firefly cards to me uh, throughout the show. The, this is true. Yes. I did not. Um, Were you impressed? So this is, I was I was slightly impressed slightly. that um, by that point, um, you know, the game was well decided as, you know, Ken was the victor. And um, yes. I didn't have to. I didn't have to, you know, basically play two hands that night. So, Steve, well done, by the way. Thank you. And and by the way, you played a shitty game. So um, maybe maybe drink some more, so I I can do better for you. So anyway, we had a really good <laughs> we had a really good time, and uh, some of the beers that we sampled, uh, folks. If you ever get to Indianapolis, <clears throat> please visit uh, some of the places that we had. Uh, uh, ventured onto one of them was the ram i know they're a chain however they're uh and i do want to give them a shout out real quick guys because um ever since gen con has been coming to indianapolis uh they have been putting on a great uh show for everybody that goes to that place i mean it is literally you have to get there like about a, be, between 11 11 30 if you don't get there uh if you get there after like noon, it's it, it's standing room outside because that place just gets packed because they cater to the Gen Con people. They play nothing but sci-fi movies. They got posters. They've got um, uh, all kind of stuff you can buy just for Gen Con that they do at those times. It, it's really good, and the food really is good. I I'm very impressed with them. I really like it. I know I'm probably going off, and I'm not getting paid for this. We do not get paid. This is a nonprofit podcast, just so you know. But I, I'm proud of my city. I like a lot of the establishments that we have. So I just want to give shout outs to them. So if you ever come out, please go to the Ram. Uh, Jeff mentioned Brew Burger. They're off of uh, Mass Avenue. Great place. Great burgers. Uh, really good beer. They've got a huge draft selection, did they not, Jeff? 
Uh, yes, they do. Oh, it's fantastic. And a lot of a lot of local brews, and we've got some really solid local brews, regional regional brews around here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, folks, like I said, we're you know we 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 talk about our city a lot. We're really proud of it. We really do enjoy it. It is a great place to go. You know, Gen Con has been growing and growing and growing. It's uh, I think this guys they said this was the biggest one this year. Another yes, record year. Another record year. Ten percent. Yeah, they're actually talking about opening up the walkway to Lucas uh, Lucas Oil, so they could start putting stuff in the uh, the stadium. Wow. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, the, well, it's true. I mean, the whole thing was full. Yeah, um, our local brewery here in town, Sung King Brewing, a uh, becoming a powerhouse in the region. They uh, came up with a a beer, uh, especially for Gen Con, called uh, and they had a, a contest to name it, and the winning name was the. Froth of Khan, <laughs> or more appropriately, Froth of Khan. Um, I didn't get a chance to have any of it. I don't know if you guys did. I did not have any. Well, they had the because um, they have it on Georgia Street. They had the whole big thing laid out, and they had uh, Sun King had a big uh, pavilion over there. Yeah, yeah. So. Official official beer sponsor of Gen Con this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, really. I mean, this is. What is this? This is the second largest convention that we have every year. I think the they said the only thing that beat this one was the NRA one. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean there was there's over a hundred thousand people that came to that. Right. Um, good people. I mean, it is very know, diverse. Very diverse, yes. and you know, I think either Ken and I, or maybe you and I, Steve, or hell, maybe it was me and Mark, we're talking about just how it, kind of an accepting culture that gamers really are. Um, because because of the diversity, I mean, just people kind of accept anybody. You'll have you know, um, you know, a historical war gamer sitting across from a sci-fi gamer sitting across from somebody dressed up as uh, as as a furry, and really nobody's thinking anything about it. They're just doing their thing. So, good time. It's always a good time. It's our excuse to uh, get together um, for an entire weekend without having to really go out of town. And again, uh, accommodations for us um, were were incredible, and um, and, uh, and and provided uh, uh, generously free of charge. So I will never walk back out on those balconies again. But oh um, my god, <laughs> I remember I walked out there to take that picture with Ken. I was like, take the picture because I have to get I, off this. <laughs> that I felt safer sitting in one of those tower rides at <laughs> Kings Island that drop you. From 200 feet up, yes. I just felt safer in those things. Yeah, that, that was that. Yeah, that I would just pretty much if I lived in that one. It's a beautiful uh, condo. And and again, thank you, Jeff, uh, on behalf of all of us. That uh, that was great. And uh, like I said, we have to get uh, uh, your benefactor uh, a gift. And I'm in. So, but yeah, th- those were. I would just bar that whole wall off. I wouldn't even go out there. Right. Right. I wish we could get our reaction as we walked out there at times, hanging, you know, for life against, you know, on the rails in case for some reason the whole thing fell out from underneath us. Right. I don't know. We just would have been firmly attached to the railing as it dropped 18 stories. But Well, when I sent the one picture of me with Ken um, on the balcony and Deb says, she goes, wow, you're like really high up there. I said, you know what? If you would have put a lump of coal between the cheeks of my ass, it would have been a diamond. <laughs> By the time I walked into the uh, into the living room, because I was so scared standing out there, because because we're what I mean, it didn't bother me. Yeah, it's because you're fearless. You didn't bother Ken, no. But I remember there were times, you know, it was Ken and Mar- or Steve and Mark were like, Jeff, 
you're too far out. <laughs> Get back in here. <laughs> Ken, you survived the Battle of Rumchata. Nothing can possibly scare you now. <laughs> Thank you. The scars to prove it. Oh, he does. Oh. All right, we should get I, back. To I, I, I do need to take my floor back and just throw out one other thing okay, which right. I've done Sorry. since then. Uh, just last night, I met up with my friend Shannon and said, "Let's go for a walk." And we just—I just sort of followed her walking around downtown, and all of a sudden, you know, like, "Wow, we're by Kilroy's." And then it was like, I want a breadstick. And I, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go in and Kilroy's here and have a breadstick. Kilroy's is a, another local uh, bar. Uh, it's spread out. It started at Bloomington. It was a big IU bar down there. And now they have one up here in, in Indianapolis. Uh, but she ordered a four breadsticks and it turns out they weren't breadsticks. They were super duper cheesy pepperoni breadsticks. So that was pretty much my supper last night was these delicious breadsticks. I can give a big thumbs up to that. And while I was there, I was drinking vanilla vodka and Diet Coke. And while I've been here, I've been drinking more vanilla vodka and Diet Coke. Excellent. You didn't let us down. All right. Very well done. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, you've heard what, uh, what, what two of us are drinking and, um, uh, hello. Well, you got what I was drinking too. He drank. Well, and then you got Jeff. Doctor Pepper. Yeah, Jeff's having his uh, Doctor uh, Peter Pepper, whatever. And uh, in our little uh, Gen Con uh, thing. So, uh, folks, thanks for uh, you know bearing with us as we uh, uh, reminisced a little bit about that. It was a great weekend. Uh, lots of fun was had by all. And um, but we're back, and we're we're pretty solid for a while. I think at least until next year. Uh, when John Con rolls around. So we'll be bringing back uh, more great movie reviews. But uh, moving on, let's go on to one of our favorite parts of the show, and that's clips. Clips. And I've got some, uh, like I said, folks, these aren't even the good ones. So y- you got to see this movie for some of the great writing. And uh, so we're just going to, without further ado, go on to number one. That is 900 nicker in any shop you're lucky enough to find one in, and you're complaining about 200. What's called a finance to study? It's a deal. It's a steal. It's sale of the f***ing century. In fact, f***ing nick, I think I'll keep it. All right, all right, keep your Allens on. I picked it's up about... Hardball negotiating. Yeah, I picked up about every third word there for a while. At the... Oi! <coughs> Oi! All right, guys, uh, let's see, number two. 100 pounds is still 100 pounds. Not when the price is 200 pounds, it's not. And certainly not when you've got Liberia's deficit in your skyrocket. Tighten than a duck's butt you are. Now, come on. Let me feel the fiber of your fabric. He pulls out this wad. I'm sorry. This, like, cinder block brick <laughs> size stack of money. I mean, where is he even holding that thing? <laughs> That's, That's the I'm... best part. He has trouble getting it out of whatever location he had it in. And remember, this guy had just been haggling over this TV and trying to get him down as much as he could. He wolls out this wad of money. Yeah. Like, Let me feel the fiber of your fabric. That doesn't sound all that great from one man saying it to another. But, hey, you know what? Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, nothing. Yeah. All right. Number three. Harry has a colleague, a monster of a man, Barry the Baptist. 
The Baptist got his name by drowning people for hatchets. Are you gonna fucking fight? Are you gonna fucking fight? Barry makes sure the administrative side of the business runs harmoniously. That was Brett's part is as he's drowning people, occasionally he'll look at his watch. Yes. I think because he figured out this is how far that's how far long I can hold him under. Oh, well, Bar- Barry is a, he's a businessman. He's very efficient. He's well organized. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one. Oh, and um, if you do have to buy sodding fertilizer, could you just be a little more subtle? What do you mean? We grow copious amounts of ganja, yeah? Yeah. And you're carrying a wasted girl and a bag of fertilizer. You don't look like your average hoarder f***ing culturalist. <laughs> this this movie is like the poster child for why we should not legalize marijuana because it would, <laughs> the country would be full of these nitwits. <laughs> My God. And you know, well, and, and just so you know, folks. Fucking... Because I went ahead after watching this, I installed the front door security system they had there for my home. I feel much safer. <laughs> I remember when I first saw this movie, I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, gosh. And that is the only, uh, actually, other than uh, I think Rory is the, he's the only other one that you could really understand. But uh, anyway, uh, here you go. This, uh, Jeff, you'll like this one. He's got over a monkey here, and that's just in his way. Fucking hell, John. You always walk around with that in your pocket. Oi! You use language like that again, son. You wish you hadn't. Sorry, Dad. All right, we'll put the rest of the stuff in there. That's a typical conversation between me and my boys. <laughs> do you do oi? Because <laughs> actually, that, that's how I have this titled, oi. Okay, here's the next one. And guys, just so you know, I titled this one called, What is Trump? This is three card brag, gentlemen. That means three threes are the highest, then three aces, then running down accordingly. Then it's a running flush, a run, a flush, and then a pair. An open man can't see a blind man, and it will cost you twice the ante to see your opponent. I would have lost that game in the first ten minutes. Yeah, that's why we play uh, things like uh, Firefly and, <laughs> and B5 cards, so... We don't have to lose any money. So yeah, I thought I thought playing euchre was hard to learn, but phew. anyway, all right, next one. It's not that hard. Well, no, but whatever. Not the way they play it in Indiana, that's for sure. Oh, that's for damn. Take out half the cards. Mm-hmm. All right, make the odds better. Wow, don't get me started. We'll be prepared, waiting, and they're armed. What was that? Armed? What do you mean armed? Armed with what? Uh, bad breath, colourful language, feather duster. What do you think they're going to be armed with? Guns, you tit. Guns? You never said anything about guns. A minute ago, this was the safest job in the world. Now it's turning into a bad day in Bosnia. (laughs) (laughs) Feather duster. Bad breath. (laughs) All right, uh, next one. What the f*** is that? What the f*** is that? It's me brain gun. Don't you think you could have booked something a little bit more practical? Because <laughs> no. it, it's not like those things are compact. And how did he not notice him with that in the car? Those things are huge. 
He's in the front seat. Yeah, must have been. All right, uh, next one. Shit! I've been shot. I can't f-ing believe this. Could everyone stop getting shot? John, sit down and patch yourself up. You tight as a f-ing air rifle. What the f*** was that? Well, that was the bring gun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it was amusing to me, the fact that these guys, they got them locked in a cage. It's like, okay, now we can finish them off with our BB gun or whatever they had there. They're like popping away, just irritating them. It was. It was a pellet gun. That's all he had. Good shot in the neck. <laughs> Ow! All right. Uh, next one. You've got to get those guns. This is dangerous shit, dude. We don't even know who lives there. Listen, I don't care who lives there. All I know is that it's preferable to death by hatchets. Fair enough. Let's go. It was a stately home. I, I picked up about every third word there. Did you pick up that one line when they they break into that Lord's Mansion? They're going like, we can't steal anything from these people. They're so poor they can't even afford new furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, I I've got a, this is the last clip, and there's eleven clips that I picked, and like I said, these aren't even the good ones. So, like I said, folks, great writing here. All right, last and certainly not least, they cost us seven hundred quid. I'm not going to throw them away, and they're all delighted to trace them back to us, are they? Do you really think it's worth taking the risk for seven hundred pounds, Tom? You're a dick. Now you take those guns and you throw them off a bridge. And throw yourself off while you're at it. You know, I, it, it's actually really hard for me to comprehend a, a British person calling somebody a dick. That just seems like such an American term, doesn't it? Right. Evident, evidently not. Evidently not. I was, I, it, that really jumped out at me when I watched this movie, when he said, you're a dick. I'm like, wow, I, I thought they called them wankers. I've got a checklist out there for our British cousins that listen to this show. Please chime in on our uh, uh, Facebook page and let me know if I'm uh, completely screwed up and have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I know I don't know what I'm talking about, but at least with respect to this movie. First way to recovery is admit. Yeah, admitting I have a problem. Yes, I know. Yes. And I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to British slang, so. Ah, well, there you go, folks. That is it with clips. It is now time to move on to the Man Cave Movie Review Checklist of this great and fantastic film. All right. Number one. Did anyone jump out of a window? You know, honestly, I, I don't know if anybody did. I can't remember. What the hell do you The answer that? is no, no one jumped through a window. Right. Think of a window. No, no. I guess not. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's see. Number two. If you want him, come and claim him. Was there an irrelevant female role in this movie? Gloria was not irrelevant. No, she was uh, central. In fact, I think her and the stripper and the uh, <laughs> uh, the car dealer lady are the only three women in this movie. Yeah. And uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, they were all relevant. I thought that stripper was relevant until she turned around. Um, yeah, because, I mean, she was like five times the size of Mila Jovovich. Sorry. You have failed me for the last time. 
All right, that's it. So there was no irrelevant female roles no, in this movie. I agree. Yeah. They, they were all relevant. Yes. But again, this is a man's man's movie, manly movie. It's it's, it's a bunch of dudes. It's a sausage fest. Yeah, there you <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> God, we can't. We have to stop doing these on Thursday nights. All right, oh, shit. <laughs> Next one. Uh, could one of the female roles be better played by Tawny Katane? I'm going to say that if Tawny Katane had been cast as Gloria, you could have put her in a outfit that blended in with the sofa, just like the Gloria in this movie. But when she had that Bren gun going in slow motion, her, her jiggle action would have been worth a few pence of extra admission at the theater. I, I concur. So, uh, motion carries. Uh, Tawny Katane could definitely have filled in for Gloria. Thank you, Ken. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, next one. All right, was there a montage in this movie? As as Mark would say, this entire movie is a montage. However, yes. If we're, if we're going to be specific, the card game was a montage. That's one. I know. That's that's one. The, the can, whole can build your turn. up to the the build up to the big showdown fight scene where they it's a classic action movie montage where they're they're doing the whole thing of talking about what they're going to do and you, you see him pulling out the shotgun shells and loading the guns yep. and panning off to what the other people are doing. It was a classic, classic montage. Yeah, this movie, th- I think this movie actually probably wins the montage award. But yeah, this one is, and the other montage that I thought of was, remember the, the celebration in the bar? Yes. There's, there, there you go. But, uh, so there you go. So there were, there were definitely a montage in this movie. And there was actually an AT montage, as Ken pointed out. Um, you know, all the, the loading of the weaponry and everything. So yeah, very well done. All right. Last. And certainly not least. And so it begins. Was there a Babylon 5 reference in this movie? Well, there was a Babylon 5 reference in this uh, podcast where we, Jeff referred to the fact we played Babylon 5 cards, and the humans kicked alien ass. Yeah, they did, didn't they? And, and if anybody wants to know how Ken did the following evening on Firefly, <laughs> just, Irrelevance. Just ask. Irrelevance. Oh, gosh. Well, there you go. Uh, I, to be honest with you, uh, Jeff, I'm, I'm, well, you know what? This is all Brits, and there Jeff, weren't too Jeff many. Should be well, proud but, of but, oh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of Brits in the cast. Well, for B five, for B five, there's a lot of a lot of well, Europeans I mean, and Brits. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, quite a few. I mean, Chris Carter was probably not Chris Carter. Jesus Christ! Wow, um, Straczynski. No, uh, Jurassic. The, the the Ranger. Uh, oh, Marcus. Marcus. Yeah, whatever the actor's name there was. Mira Furlon was from. She was. Where's she from? She's Serbian. Serbian, yeah, Europe. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I don't always waste doesn't matter. But. So yeah, so no B five reference. Eh, what the hell? Yeah, that's a damn. I yeah, I actually thought you were actually going to pull damn. something. Out. I did too. Yeah. I I looked hard. I mean, I find fi- it. I mean, I figured there'd probably be a hemorrhoid out there that you would have had to pull to uh, to right. get that. But uh, right, all right. Uh, so there you go. 
that is it with the Man Cave Movie Review Checklist. It is now time to move on to the Man Cave Movie Review of this great and fantastic film. Who wants it? I'll do it. I haven't right. done it in a while. All right. Hey, thanks, Steve. Um, this great and fantastic movie, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, this gets a lot of things done, get a lot of things right and, and done correctly. The show, uh, Steve has hit on that uh, the, the writing from the beginning is just outstanding. The one-liners, the back and forth between the characters, the arrangement of story arcs between all the characters that ends up spiraling into this uh, great um, encounter at the end, which allows us to see how all of these these, these lines of connection have, have actually led to us being together. Guy Richard does a masterful job of doing that. But aside from doing the writing of it and the directing, um, where he tells a story through the camera lens and, and as Ken pointed out, puts it into a, um, a the, the vision that he has and the shots that he does, the coloring, really set the tone. It really gives you this this ominous presence throughout the movie. But at the same time, it's 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 pretty lighthearted. Um, it has a serious tone, but lighthearted. The characters are back and forth, well acted. We didn't really talk about the soundtrack, and there is an actual like soundtrack to the movie. <sighs> Jeff. Not to interrupt you, but please expound on that because the music in this movie, I cannot believe that I overlooked it, is fantastic. Get the soundtrack if they actually have one. Well, yeah, the, the, the soundtrack to this movie, during this time, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know, technical type music. It wasn't t- sort of the technical music that John Carpenter would. Um, it wasn't completely synthesized, but it was, it was more of a, I don't know, Ken, how would you describe the, the music, not not the soundtrack portion, but just the 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 instrumental portion. Would you? How would you? I, it? It's it is kind of techno ish, but that's not exactly what it is. I don't. I can't put my finger on it. But the 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 music that um, that he includes in here. I mean, there's there's some James Brown. Um, there is um, the Stooges, um, Dusty Springfield. Um, uh, and, and, and the, and the songs just come in at just appropriate times, but just, you're not, you're like, wow, that's a cool song for this scene. Um, there, but you could actually, I, you know, put this on a, on a, on your iPad or your iPod and, and make a little playlist out of it. It's, it is a solid grouping of, of music. I can't remember some of the other things that were in here. Um, but some of them are familiar. Some of them you're like, yes, this is exactly what this scene needs. But a lot of seventies types of music besides, um, you know, the writing, the great directing, the great acting by really a lot of novice actors, um, who didn't have a huge, I think, pedigree behind them, um, or even, you know, came from certain pedigree, I don't want to say pedigrees, but just certain, um, um, experiment, you know, they weren't, um, you know, some sort of troop or anything. It was just, I think, people that Guy Ritchie knew. They liked the look of them, brought them into the movie. Um, you know, some were English football players, some were street vendors. I mean, just, uh, and it really, if you think about it, kind of launched the career of a number of these people. Um, and a lot of them have gone on to do, to do many things. Um, it, it is, um, for his freshman outing, just an 
outstanding movie. I don't think, if anybody liked Snatch, I think you're going to really like this movie. Um, the language is a little more difficult to understand, but, um, um, it, that's part of the fun of the show. And I am going to set the bar for this one, gentlemen, at 8.25. Ken, thoughts? I'll mirror most of what Jeff said. I do like this a lot. In terms of a rating, I was going to give it just a straight eight. Uh, but it's, you know, that, that's my sign for I really like this movie. Jeff, the only reason uh, I'm just going to go a hair above you, I'm getting eight, eight and a half. And to be honest with you, I think I'm actually I'm giving that kind of a little bit of a bum rap because I didn't realize until much later that this was Guy Ritchie's first film. I mean, this is the first piece of uh, film that this guy put out. And I, honestly, had I known that and knowing what this guy has, has done since then, I mean, this would be a 10, but I can't give it a 10 now because I've seen his other stuff. And it's, it, it, I'm not saying it's better. Well, I am saying it's, it is better. It's better quality. It's better writing. But this movie is, is, is solid. I, it, I shouldn't even say solid. That's even downgrading it. It, it's a great movie. This is a must see, folks. Eight and a half. And I, I actually feel bad giving it an eight and a half. And, and, and this is why I like Guy Ritchie because you get directors that come out with a movie that is this good. And then you think, okay, there's only one way for you to go. And that's down because. Real quick, guys, and I want to get off a real quick sidetrack, but, you know, the one guy that came out and was like, went gangbusters was that uh, M. Night Shyamalan, a ding-dong dude that did The Sixth Sense. And everybody's right. like, oh, my God, what a great movie and this and that. And then it seemed like everything after that the guy put out was shite. It, it was like his name went out there and it's like, oh, we got to go see the movie. And you sat. There was one of his movies I went to. I literally looked at Deb. We were maybe about 30 minutes in. I said, I want to go out and see if we can get our money back. <laughs> it was, was that. It, which one was it? Lady in the Water, I think. Oh, Lady in the Water. Oh, yes. yes. My God. Oh, now, now the one that I almost got divorced over was The Happening. That was the one where I looked at my wife. I said, if you ever take me to an M.I. <laughs> Shamlan movie again, that's it. I'm going to the lawyer. We're done. Personally, personally, I, I, I will never defend anything you just said. Um, Muncie, if you, if you I, I did defend, like, if you, I did like signs, I did like signs. Not actually, that, that is Deb's favorite movie. She loves that movie. Does she really? Yeah, I she like loves it. it. I, it? I mean, I'm not saying it's a great movie. I just said, I like it. I love the story. I like the yeah. setup. Again, if you, if, you know, you got to first put your hat on and believe in aliens. But after that, I thought it was, I thought it was a fine movie. You don't believe in aliens? Uh, depends on which hat I'm wearing. Okay. No, but so not to sidetrack this thing because that's a whole nother discussion, but right. what I'm getting at is it's like Guy Ritchie started with this, which is Shyamalan did with science. Oh my God, what a great movie. Blah, blah, blah. And then they just kind of went, eh, eh, and they were just like, but Guy Ritchie just seems to be putting out better and better and better movies, everything he touches. So that's why I like this guy. True um, talent. Yeah, he has a true talent. He is a true talent. So uh, go see this movie. You're going to love it. Eight and a half. And I say that begrudgingly. It should be higher, but there's he's done better stuff. <laughs> Polander, done. I, out. 
All right, so that's the review, folks. Uh, we're done with that part. So I just want to do a quick uh, couple tributes out there. I want to talk to some of our fans who have uh, uh, been contacting us as we were having a grand old time out at uh, Gen Con. A bunch of you guys saw Ken's modeling debut <laughs> wearing the uh, uh, the Man Cave Move Review T-shirt that uh, our good and dear friend uh, uh, Hair Klopek put together for us. And uh, some of you guys actually want some of these. So, hey, you know, we'll, we'll get some out to you. Just want to let you know that uh, we are not going to make a profit off of this. We're going to sell to you at cost plus shipping. And that's it. Uh, like I said, we're a nonprofit organization. I, I was shocked when Mark put this out there. He goes, you know, a bunch of these guys are going to buy these. And I'm like, no, they won't. Well, you guys proved me wrong. So some of you out there do want to actually have some of these <laughs> shirts. So we, we're going to endeavor to persevere and get some of these things printed up. I will be contacting those of you who have, uh, uh, sent us some, uh, emails as well as posts on Facebook. I'll give you the, uh, the information uh, to, uh, you know, send payment in and all that stuff, and we'll get these things out to you as soon as we can, and I'll keep in touch with you. For those of you who are not aware of this, go to our Facebook page, and uh, I'm sure you'll see a, a fine picture of the uh, uh, the perfect specimen. What that a is, specimen he That is. is Ken Roney posing with the, uh, the Man Cave Movie Review T-shirt, the official Man Cave Movie Review T-shirt. Like I said, they're pretty cheap. I'm figuring it's... Probably less than twenty bucks, maybe twenty bucks. I'm, I'm guessing with shipping and everything that that's all it's going to be. So don't quote me on that. But anyway, I think that's probably what they're going to be. So we'll let you know. We're going to put it out there before we uh, start taking any orders. That way, you guys know what you're getting into. But until then, um, do want to give a big shout out to our good and dear friend uh, Frank Beecham. You man, that 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 was. <laughs> I, I got the email with the uh, with the uh, spreadsheet. Uh, you, uh, you, I'm impressed. That was uh, that was amazing because I I was looking through that spreadsheet that you put together, and I I can't even remember a some of the stuff that we drank. But then again, that's because I drink. I cannot remember even some of the nicknames that we used throughout this show. That is impressive. We were uh, we were floored, absolutely floored by that, and. Uh, we're going to get back to you because I don't want to run the show too long, but I will get back to some of the uh, the questions that you asked, some of the notes, and uh, some recommendations because I actually like some of the stuff that you got on there. It's pretty uh, it's pretty good. I almost uh, feel like we should pay him to be on retainer or something. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. That's all I need is legal representation. Last thing we need is a lawyer on this podcast. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know. Did Ken fall asleep? I, I was waiting for something. No, I'm just sitting here <laughs> making a list and checking it twice. <laughs> lime shovel. <laughs> yeah, lime shovel. Torch. So uh, for those of you, like I said, I, I, I've got the, uh, they got the emails. I've got the, uh, the Facebook uh, messages. So I will be getting back in touch with you guys with the specifics. Um, uh, so just like let me know sizes and all that stuff, and I'll see. I have to get with uh, <clears throat> our good and dear friend Mark and uh, uh, coordinate because he is the uh, vice president of procurement and logistics for the Man Cave Movie Review Podcast. What's Jeff vice president? Of? Uh, derailment. Well, I was going to say he's vice president of uh, podcast derailment. <laughs> of derailment. Did you see my T-shirt that I wore at Gen Con? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think that was one another one that was uh, requested for. Uh, for purchase too. Oh yeah. 
Derailing, derailing trains of thought. Derailing trains of thought, yes. All right, folks, that is it with the Man Cave Move Review, episode 123. Uh, I want you to check us out on our website at mancavemovereview.com and look for us on iTunes at Man Cave Move Review. Uh, leave us a comment and tell us if you like the show or didn't like it. Uh, you can look for us on Stitcher and follow us on Twitter at Man Cave Movie. And guys, uh, it's only been two years, but I finally put together a Man Cave uh, Movie uh, email that you guys, if you want to drop a line, whatever, uh, the email is mancavemoviepodcast at gmail.com. So please feel free to drop us a line or with uh, critiques or anything else that you would like to uh, share with us. Look forward to it. So that's it. And that is uh, it with the Man Cave Movie Review 123. Until next week, I am your host, Steve Michael, signing off with my very good and dear friend, Ken, I want to feel the fiber of your fabric. Roni. It's been quite emotional. (laughs) Nice. Very well done, Ken. That was a good quote. Oh, gosh. And also saying farewell and adieu is our other good and dear friend, Jeff. Tighter than a duck's butt. Munson. I have a strong suspicion we should have been rocket scientists or Nobel Peace Prize winners or something. That ain't going to be us. That's for sure. I guess we could have been marijuana growers. I guess we could have hit it big there, right? No, we're just we're just simple podcasters. That's, we are. That's all we're ever going to aspire to. So, all right. On behalf of my very good and dear friend, Mark, English mother do you speak it? Slower. He does send his regrets and regards that he couldn't be here tonight, but family events overtook him today. So Def Con 2 is, is what he was doing. Yes. So, but he'll be uh, he'll be back next week. We're gonna have another great show for you. Uh, hope you stick with us until next week. Ciao. Sardos, sardos, sardos. That's episode two. Muncie, you here? Not yet. Well, I'm just. He's a he's a he's a small man with a big bladder. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, I I think what you meant to say was I have an effective digestive system. <laughs> no, an effective excretory system. Oh, is that? Oh. The, oh, well, you know what they say: wrecked him, nearly killed him. <laughs>